0: Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Justin. And this is Zach. And you are listening to the other film, guys. Don't call it a comeback, my friend. (laughs) Yes, we We are are back back at it. And better than ever.
1: After, I don't even know how long. um,
0: What was the last thing we talked about?
1: uh, We had recorded an episode of Lord of the Rings. That's right. We didn't finish it. That's right. We did not finish it. Um, So the last time that we had actually uh, had an episode... Let me find that real quick. It's, it had
0: to have been at the very start of my school semester. I'm going to say late, probably early September. First, second week of September, I'm going to say.
1: It was actually our last episode, official episode, because the Lord of the Rings is down. I took it down because we never finished the series, it was August 13th for Paris, Texas.
0: So that's a good three months, four months?
1: Four months. Almost, almost exactly.
0: Nice. Today's... Today is the fourteenth, thirteenth.
1: Sorry, today is the fourteenth. Time does not exist. Four months and one day that we have not reco- uh, had an episode of this podcast. Well, we're back. Indeed, and we're better than ever.
0: Indeed, I gotta say, I mean, it was nice, like I don't know, having like a lighter workload. Yeah, because I I struggle like putting I, whenever I'm doing something, I try to like put all my attention towards it, and I just couldn't do you know the podcast in school at the same time. No. Even though I consider school to be a fucking waste of time, (laughs) uh, I'd much rather be doing this. So I'm glad to, at
1: least, you know, now that I'm on break, I'm glad to be here talking about movies. I'm too. I have, like, missed talking about movies so long. It got me to the point where I was actually writing reviews for the other film guy's website.
0: Which he's been making banging content. You guys should go check it out.
1: Yes, please. Man's been carrying. I've been trying my best because I've always been really bad at writing reviews. And I really wanted to branch out and do that. For myself, so I did. I I can do word things.
0: Oh yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Uh, LP Licorice Pizza that review is still did numbers for you, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's actually the top review, uh, yeah, on the site and for me in in general. Which I'm I and mean, I'm I'm gonna be honest, it's only like thirty something reads, but still, hey, milestone. Yep. Yeah.
0: I'll go check it out.
1: But speaking of Licorice Pizza, right? We're talking about Paul Thomas Anderson. We, if you've been around for the show or you've gone through our back catalog, you'll know that we have done two series over Paul Thomas Anderson covering his works, and so we're back at it. We thought, you know, Licorice Pizza is coming out. The timing worked absolutely perfectly for us, so that Licorice Pizza is coming out it's about ninth a, film a week before the uh, our episode will come out. So you know, plenty of time to go see it, mm. um, and I think you should. Um, whether You know, you want to believe the controversy or not. Uh, I thought it was a very good movie. You can read my review. Like I said, it is completely spoiler free. And then we'll be talking about it in greater detail in two weeks from today.
0: Because it doesn't come out. I know, obviously, you've seen it already. But it doesn't come out around us until Christmas Eve.
1: Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Um, I would advise probably not doing that. Let those workers have some slack. I'm going to go probably the 26th, probably
0: the day after <laughs> yeah that's fair what because today's the 14th so it's by... another 12
1: days yeah okay so okay so yeah that's... but when this episode comes out it'll be like a like a what like a, a week and two days
0: something like that yeah yeah but there'll be time enough to watch it in between you know
1: christmas day and absolutely but and you, you know, know we'll get to licorice pizza we'll talk about all that uh this week we are talking inherent vice one of two of PTA's adaptations that he's done.
0: An adaptation?
1: Because, yeah, because there will be blood. Well not while well, not necessarily a direct adaptation was based off of oil by Oh that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was book, right? Yeah, it was I'm I'm Upton Sinclair, I think. Bab, who Upton Sinclair wrote Oil?
2: Yes. <laughs> oh. Yes. Thank you, Siri and Scarlett. Hell yeah. And <laughs> the backbone. Um, did
1: Yeah, we got engaged on the show, or b- before our break, right? I don't know. Scarlett and I so. are engaged, so if you were here for that or not, it happened. So
0: Huge congrats to my boy and my girl. <laughs> Hell
1: yeah. Props all around. Uh, Shiv is still a maniacal bitch. and Fitting. Todd is as good as ever.
0: Shiv do be plotting, though. She likes to attack me while I'm here. She goes for his hand. <laughs> yes. Like, literally be chopping off my digits. But she's cute. She's fun. She is cute. She's all good fun.
1: Um. All right. So, yeah, like I was saying, this is one of his two adaptations. This was a book by Thomas Pynchon. Um, and, I mean, it's really interesting how this, like, came about because... PTA had wanted to adapt Pynchon for a while. He's one of his, like, favorite authors I was reading. And in preparation for writing this movie, he actually adapted, like, every scene from the entire book. It was, like, a 300-something page script, something like that.
0: Sounds about right
1: for him. And ended up then using that to dwindle away what scenes would and would not be in the movie, essentially. Which I think is a pretty interesting way to, to do an adaptation of a book, to, like put that much effort adapting every single scene onto script format and then cutting away at it.
0: I know. I, I don't know, but I've heard of the Cohen brothers doing something similar, uh, when they were talking about, uh, no country for old men.
1: I think, uh, I think so. I think I remember it cause I think I wrote a report for that in college or something. Yeah. Um, so that sounds familiar,
0: mm-hmm. which I mean, like it makes sense. I mean, just get it all down on page and then just take away what doesn't work yeah so, and i mean the mo- this movie even you know even doing all that this movie's still like kind of long i mean two and a half hours yeah it's, i think it's one of his
1: longest movies yeah i i'll say so and i think it also feels the longest maybe it does yes it's not longer than magnolia magnolia is his longest movie um see i was thinking about this while i, I was that. walking
0: over here i was like he has a f- magnolia is over three hours i think it's like three hours and nine minutes something like that something like that yeah But this one felt longer than Magnolia, even though it's got, like, 40 minutes less than Magnolia does.
1: And I think that this is, like, one of his movies that, at least for me, I'm just going to, like, be up front. I don't follow. I don't get some of it. It's
0: very sprawling. There is a lot. It's very big in scope. Yes. It's, It's very big in scope, but we're, like, I don't know. Like, it's not like we're, like... Traveling from
1: like city to city or no, like state to state type of thing. It's, I mean, it's pretty. I mean, it's spread out around around the you know the Los Angeles area. Um, did they say that it was the Valley? It was Gord somewhere in LA County. I know okay. Joaquin
0: Phoenix's car- character lives in like Gordita Beach. Gordita I think Be- it was yeah, what it was. Called. I think
1: it is Gordita Beach, and then, um, I know the Licorice Pizza is is set explicitly in the Valley. Yeah, and then uh what is boogie nights boogie nights is just los angeles i think it's hollywood right
0: i think it's in uh, the the valley as well san fernando valley okay
1: i mean the San san fernando it's all in los angeles it's just you know different classifications it's kind of so. like it's kind of like houston you know there's like yeah. five different areas in, although you know. I, I honestly think that it's probably it's it's definitely more complex than houston houston is like a lot more simpler than the la areas um regardless though
2: you
0: know. It's they're both pretty pretty fucking big. While
1: <laughs> saying that, that I don't really follow with this movie, I find it completely in like enveloping
2: at the same time. Like you're following along
1: with everything, but you're not.
0: <laughs> There's a lot of it. It's similar to Magnolia in that there's a lot of there are a lot of players and characters and names that you hear. Yeah. But we don't like see all those people. Well, you know, I mean, whereas with Magnolia, we're following we do, everybody's we? Well, I mean, it, we hear those names
1: and we probably like see them for like maybe like a scene or two like uh who It's a very large cast. It's a it's a I very saw, large cast. I was watching before you came over. I was watching this interview, this Q&A panel essentially from that was it was really funny. I'll talk about it later. Um, they brought pretty much every like main cast member that shows up. They had, you know, Joaquin, uh, Catherine Watterson, um, Benicio del Toro. Um, and then all the way down to Owen Wilson and Martin Short, which I guess those are more like a little bit more prominent roles, but even like, uh, hope that the, Mm, the narrator, right?
0: No, no hope. is Hope is uh, yes, that's, that's his wife. Yeah.
1: Um, the narrator was there as well. Um, I forget her name. Um, which that's an interesting change that they had from the book. Um, and as well as the ending changed, but I have not read the book. I do have the audiobook. Um, I've been sort of going through it, but it's long. It's long as hell. It's like is, a 14 hour audiobook.
0: Is this the first PTA movie where there's a narrator, where there's a voiceover that just yes. kind of lasts
1: through the entire movie? I was, there is. Yes. It, it's the only one, right? This is the only one. Um, there may be like voiceover in parts of other movies, but this is very prominently like a voiceover narration movie at which he he did state uh, when he was doing press for the movie that that was something that did concern him because mm-hmm. he's always thought of nar- like narration as cheating.
2: Sure, yeah.
1: But I I mean, in my opinion though, I thought the narration added a certain level of poetry. Absolutely. No, I, I think it did too. I think I think it was necessary for this for this movie to have that narration yeah
0: i um and i don't i don't know i guess narration i I guess i don't know too many movies that have narration i mean what blade runner blade runner does have narration goodfellas famously has goodfellas Um, narration what's
1: uh adaptation adapt yeah (laughs)
0: adaptation that's another one um i mean there are plenty of movies that have good use of narration um this is one of them like i said and uh i mean to be worried about it i for one, I enjoyed the way the person sounded. Like every time they spoke, I was like, yes.
1: "She had a yeah, she has a great voice." And the let words me, that she spoke. Let me pull up this cast so I can actually. Of generic she, he, yeah. him, them. <laughs> yeah.
0: But um, no, I I I thought it only added to the movie, and it um, I think it also you know because it's so big and sprawling, and there are so many players involved, it was kind of a way to kind of keep you wrapped close still you know what yeah. i'm saying without it all like falling apart and you being like completely like okay i have no
1: idea what the fuck is happening right joanna Newsom, uh she plays sortilege sortilege i i wanted to say solange but i knew that wasn't it <laughs> um let's just go through the cast because it's a, it's a big one like this is um interesting because this and licorice pizza which we'll eventually get to went back to sort of the ensemble that P.T.A. was very familiar with back in his like first three four films, um, three films, uh, because he he broke away from it once he did. Uh, there would be blood.
0: They also before you start reading it, I don't think. I mean, these are all like new players for P.T.A. as well. A lot right? of a like, lot of them are, yeah. I don't recognize anybody that had been in a film of his before. The only
1: repeat morning. is Joaquin, who was in The Master.
0: That's okay. Of course, of course. How how could I forget
1: that? Right. <laughs> um. So let's just go through it. Joaquin Phoenix plays Doc. Josh Brolin is Bigfoot Bjornson. Owen Wilson, Koi Harlingen. I'm just going in the order from Letterboxd, by the way. Catherine Waterston, Shasta Faye, Reese Witherspoon, Penny Kimble, Benicio Del Toro, Sancho Smilax, Jenna Malone, Hope Harlingen, Joanna Newsom, Sword of Uh Hong Chao plays Jade. Maya Rudolph plays Petunia Leeway. Michael Kenneth Williams is Tariq Khalil. Rest in peace. Yep. Martin Short, Doctor Rudy Blatnoid, and um, let's see, Sasha Peters, Japonica Fenway, Martin Donovan, Crocker Fenway. Uh, that's pretty much all of the big hitters, aside from like the very small, like so, sort of supporting casts. And I enjoyed watching all of them. Like I thought everybody really like yeah. played well with each I was, other. I um, Kind of surprised by Owen Wilson. Right. I always forget that he's in this movie until he shows up. Yeah. He showed up and I was
0: like, Oh shit. I didn't even like recognize him because of the fog, you know? I mean like you hear him talking you're like, no fucking way. (laughs)
1: That was me with Michael K. Williams. I was like, wow, it's (laughs) him.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. But, uh, no, I thought everybody was great. Um, it was fun (laughs) watching everybody. Everybody in a Paul Thomas Anderson movie seems to be enjoying being in a Paul Thomas Anderson movie.
1: Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the scenes of Benicio del Torres in, in this movie. Uh, there's a particular one where he like goes to get um Doc out of jail or out of custody rather. Yeah. Yeah. And uh he's inter- interacting with Josh Brolin and <laughs> Josh Brolin's like, no, oh, I think we're gonna kick him. He's like, You're gonna kick him? <laughs> yeah, well that's assault. <laughs> the, yeah, there's there's like a bunch of examples of like clever writing like that in the movie and I mean it all comes from the book. Um from the from the parts that I have listened to so far, it's a it's a very funny book. Um Thomas Pynchon is um it's it's interesting cuz he'll have you know these really serious parts of the book and then just the funniest fart and poop jokes that you've ever seen on paper. I was going to
0: say is this like one of the funniest Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Like if you had if you had to name like his like I don't know top two or three funniest As movies. of
1: right now, yes.
0: Okay. Like like right up there, like top two, top three, like this. Yeah, is no, this funniest. is this is
1: I think this is um definitely one of the funnier movies. I mean, there's comedy in pretty much all of them of all of the films, but this is, you know, one that has, you know, like laughs throughout, um, which I can only name like, you know, like two or three of his movies that that do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Boogie Nights is one that comes to mind. Where, Boogie like, Nights,
1: this, and we'll get to it, Licorice Pizza. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, that makes me wonder, like, you know, of course, like, a lot of that's going to come from Paul Thomas Anderson and the actors, but, like, how much of that comes from the material that's, you know, already been written, and how much of
1: that is just yeah. him adapting it? Not trying um, to undermine, you know, his skill or anything. For the most part, from what I've found, is uh, they there were, like, you know, a little bit of improvisation for the most part, but really, uh, it's mostly you know what was on this on the page. You know, everyone wanted to like do their best to like sort of, you know, actually just like adapt the book. And I think honestly, like it it works because there's just a strong backbone there. Yeah. You know, if, if the book wasn't written that strongly with dialogue and everything like that, it might have not worked that well. But and he, I think it does. He might have not even like been interested if it, you know didn't accomplish
0: what he wanted it yeah. to accomplish. Which... oh um go ahead, go ahead. I just
1: remembered one thing. Well, go ahead, because I forgot my thing. <laughs> <laughs> my, my bad. Okay. Um Thomas Pynchon does apparently have a cameo in this movie, but n- nobody has been able to find it because nobody knows what he looks like. He's he's a he's a recluse. Okay. Um he he only has like one picture from like back in like the nineteen sixties or something like that and uh used to write by a pen name i believe and then eventually broke out of that but he doesn't deal with reporters and paul thomas anderson was recently compared because he was doing an interview over zoom and he he had his he had his name set as something i don't remember what I think his name, i saw, saw that it was, but uh it, it was a throwback or it was a reference to thomas Pynchon, uh what he used to use as his like pen name
0: that's very interesting um, I remember what I was going to say. Okay, uh, go ahead. This seems like the perfect book for PGA to adapt. Yes. Because, I mean, if you're not like a, how do I say, if you're not uh, a a with it viewer, a chill viewer, this probably, probably would like turn you off like in a lot of ways. There's like, there's rampant drug use. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of sex, a lot of fucking going on. <laughs> and... It's, it's very, but I mean, that's like part of like the DNA of the movie. Like I think there's a big.
1: The DNA of the the movie in that time period in general.
0: Right. Yeah. There's a big, you know, culture versus counterculture clash going on in the movie. And of course at that time as well. Um, And I really like the way the movie portrays the police. I think Josh Brolin plays an excellent uh, police officer that thinks he's smarter than what he actually is. Yeah and thinks he's actually doing something. um, And I I really enjoy the
1: way the film explores those dynamics in, you know. I believe this takes place in 71, two years after the Manson murders. Nixon was president at the time, so Vietnam
0: was happening right before it happened?
1: Maybe. Somewhere around there. Um... So, you know, like, there's a lot of, like, anti-hippie stuff. Right. Because yeah, of the Manson right. stuff. Um, and Summer of Love had already happened. That was 69. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. And Civil Rights had started, you know, taking a big play as well.
0: Indeed. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, to me, like, this is probably... One of his more political movies, which is weird because, like, you look at it and, like, maybe, like, on its face, like, you don't get that vibe.
1: No, it definitely has that, those traces of politicism, um, activism, those sorts of deals, Uh, you know, police brutality and police starting to, you know, not necessarily starting to, but definitely on the rise of their domination towards minorities.
0: And that was something. Voice cracking. This, it happens to all of us this uh this was the second time I had seen this movie Same. the first time I had seen it, I was like maybe like fifteen or sixteen, and the political nuances of the movie were of course like lost on me yeah. back then and even back then i i i mean I thought the movie was was fine, but now that I'm older and you know I know more things about the world and and whatnot i I definitely appreciate it more I definitely feel like it's You know, exploring important topics like we're talking about, like, you know, police, how they how they, you know, monitor other people, how they are like their own gang. Yeah. um, You know, and uh, gentrification as well, which is something that they touch on pretty early in the movie when Michael K. Williams character um, talks about his neighborhood being, you know, uh, completely like bulldozed for Mickey, Mickey Wolfman for his real estate. Yeah. You know, um I yeah, I'm sure those are things back then when I watched it I was like, oh, okay. And you know, didn't really think twice about it. But now that I'm older, you know those are things of course that are like still happening now and things that Yeah, are definitely still very and important. I, to I talk think about. that's
1: um, you know, a reflection because once you're old like when you're younger, you don't never you're not you are not gonna pick up on that stuff. Um, at least for the large majority of youngins out there. They will not pick up on the political and um you know, complex references that get put into these things. But then once you grow older and you start to rewatch, like a lot of this stuff from your childhood, you're like, Oh damn. Right. They yeah. really Cartoons just... are like that too. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Just ever rewatching it. Any like episodes of SpongeBob. <laughs> yeah. Even, that's even a big just one. SpongeBob. It's just, wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what else that I enjoyed about the movie. score was good. The score was good. You know who else I enjoyed? Um, You said her name earlier. I'm um, bad with remembering them, but it's... Catherine Watterson? Yes, that's the, the...
1: That's Shasta Faye. Shasta Faye, yeah. yes.
0: I thought she was really fun to watch. She was very, like, enigmatic in a way. Like, I don't know, especially, like, her monologue that she was delivering to him whenever she, like, comes back from her disappearance or whatever, just kind of, like, shows up out of the blue. And just, like, seeing how she's, like, I don't know I just definitely in terms of like power dynamics I it definitely feels like she's just kind of like holding Joaquin Phoenix by a string Yeah, and he's just kind of like I'm just like a cat pawing at it he's, you know what I'm
1: saying cuz you know they they've been broken up for like quite a while but he still loves her right and I think she knows that and she capitalizes yeah. on it yeah but she's also a very sad character uh it's a it's a really sad performance um and it she's i I really love katherine watterson she's uh she's a really great actress was she was in something recently um the world to come she was in that i got to see that at sundance that was fun it was a good movie i swear she was in something else recently that i've seen at least um that i can't remember off the top of my head
0: i don't know if i've seen her in
1: anything else Catherine watterson i know i've heard her name name before let me pull her up. I'm sure there's something that you would know, recognize her from at least. She was the mom in mid '90s. Mm-hmm. Um, she have you seen the Fantastic Beast movie? No. Okay. Logan Lucky? No. Alien Covenant? Yes. Yeah, she's the she's the lead oh, in okay, Alien Covenant. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Nice. <laughs> she's also in uh, Night Moves. Kelly Reichardt. She is. Yes, she is.
2: Uh she plays Anne. Okay.
0: Good movie.
1: I have I still have not seen that one.
0: Extra good. Would recommend.
1: She's really good in Alien Covenant, though.
0: Yes, she is. Yeah, now that you say
1: that. Underrated wow. movie. Oh
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah. I that it.
1: and Prometheus, I honestly truly enjoy.
0: I actually like recently rewatched Prometheus, maybe like a couple weeks ago, and it, it holds up. It's a good movie. I think
1: honestly I, I was a part of that crowd when, when Prometheus first came out. I was like, eh. And then you rewatch it again. You were like, how could I not have loved this? Happens all the time. All the time. <laughs> especially with, you know, uh, Ridley Scott did... Yeah, he did Prometheus and Alien Covenant. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, some, some Ridley Scott movies, you get caught up like that. And then later you're like, yeah, this is fucking great. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think that's happening with Last Duel currently.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed Last Duel. Although I don't see that happening, well... Who am maybe I not
1: up to like great status but it was pretty good i liked it
0: uh, No, i agree i i definitely liked the last duel um i was gonna say i i don't know if i see it happening with as i house like to Gucci? call it
1: house of goofy house of coochie
0: <laughs> okay well we <laughs> gotta let the audience decide which name is is more fitting but uh
1: i did see that house of goofy meme that was funny <laughs> it
0: was funny yeah um, I don't know if I see it happening with that one because I wasn't too crazy about Hef- House of Goofy.
1: I have not seen it. I'm going to wait until it's uh downloadable. Legally, of course. Of course. We only, you know, I, I got caught recently. It what? Was, uh, it was for last night in Soho. <laughs> I'd accidentally turned my VPN off.
0: What does that look like? Like, how do you get caught? Like, the FBI an, just I, all of a sudden <laughs> appears on your laptop. Like,
1: no, I got an nuh-uh. email from Xfinity. They Dang. were like, hey. You have a claim report against Please you. Please don't do this again. It just said, hey, delete this and stop. I was like, okay. Turn my VPN back on. <laughs> okay. I, I always thought like you'd get swatted or something. <laughs> no, it's never that bad. Although this one time I actually was at the DMV and I was I was listening to this conversation of a family next to me. It was just like, somewhat olderly like she was in her 40s or 50s and was like and wouldn't you believe it the fbi oh my god <laughs> have fined me <laughs> for 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 pirating movies <laughs> like she whispered it but she was still loud as hell <laughs> that's hilarious and this and i don't i do not remember what movie it was but it was probably not that great <laughs> that's funny i
0: yeah i i'm too paranoid to do that I'm, a lot of it's because i'll don't... usually
1: send you stuff via drive
0: Indeed, yes, yeah. That's like the safe, the only way where I'll be like, okay, I'm comfortable
1: doing this. I was too until like I just like got into it and I was like, okay, this isn't that bad.
0: And I feel like a lot. I'm gonna say like a lot of film Twitter
1: does. Oh, absolutely. That and especially for movies that have really dumb marketing strategies, like *Memoria*. Indeed, yeah.
0: And like, I'm not judging, of course. I mean, mean, watch art however you can, but uh, I mean. I don't know. It's kind of a slippery slope, I guess. Because I yeah. mean, if I'm an artist and like you know, I have a movie out there, like I'd like it. You know, if you watched it legally, so I can get compensated. But at the same time, I yeah. know streaming services. That's can what be I kind did for.
1: I mean, for for what I did for Dune is I saw. I wanted to see it early so I could write a review, and it did leak. And then I, I went and saw it in theaters too. Took the whole family. What a guy! And then I wanted to do that for. I think the Power of the Dog, but it was not playing near us. Of course shocker and i don't have netflix anymore oh really no they've been annoying the hell out of me
2: what do you mean just like
1: the way they're making i don't know it's just the way that they've been acting recently and they're they're like working on like price hikes and with the transgender stuff with dave chappelle too sure um really peeved a lot of people including me off so
0: i've also seen like I I also have not been really missing it. (laughs) I guess that's true too. I mean, I'm trying to think of when's the last power of the dog was the last time I used Netflix. And I don't know if I've like seriously sat down and watched anything on it recently, but I I did use my family subscription to watch tick tick boom. Let's see. That's another one that I would have to use Netflix to watch. I do plan on watching that one. Good movie. What was I going to say? Oh, um, I can't remember where I saw this. Uh, it was on Twitter, of course the all-knowing Twitter um, oh. they uh, somebody was talking about how like Netflix makes a lot of their content to where it's like how memeable can it be type of thing you know what I mean
1: yeah that's what it that's what uh, Red notice feels like
0: right and it's like which like that is have you seen like how like, how successful that movie has been and like yes. how popular it is? How I don't it know, it, how single... it is
1: "quote unquote" the most watched movie on Netflix. But literally, not myself, not you, not Scarlett, not anyone on film Twitter knows anybody that's actually seen it other than like critics. It's pretty. It's honestly, it's kind of weird. I don't. I, I don't know how they're doing it's, this. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It
0: doesn't. But. But, yeah, like, they make a lot of their stuff to where, like, you know, what can get us talked about the most on Twitter?
1: I mean, this isn't necessarily, like, something to cancel your Netflix subscription over, but it really did kind of bug me how they were just making so many memes out of Power of the Dog. I do like the Bronco Henry memes, though. Um, But, like... I'm I'm not talking about those movies. I'm talking about the ones, not the user-generated ones, but the ones that are made from Netflix by these brands. Oh yeah,
0: brand-generated content where like they're trying to like interact with you know users Uh, and stuff. I'm like, go fuck yourself. Get away from me. That is (laughs) the cringiest
1: fucking shit. Yeah, I don't like it at all. (laughs) And yet I still do it for the other film
0: guys. Different though. I mean, we're not a multi-million dollar company. That's true. Yet. (laughs) <laughs> we're on the way. Maybe, maybe when we get to that status, we'll see. <laughs> but as of right now, from our you know very tiny vantage point, I mean, it's like, man, whatever, get away yeah. from me with your bad faith <laughs> bullshit. Although the Bronco Henry memes were good, I did like the Bronco Henry memes. But and that's a great name. I it, really, it is a great name. That's a good. That's a good username. That's a good. Uh, how you say? burner name yeah
1: (laughs) that'd be a good like uh finsta
0: indeed yes yeah it would did you
1: uh, so recently do you use instagram occasionally sometimes i will go onto it sometimes just to like see people's stories because i don't use snapchat anymore Mm. um very rarely actually i still have it on my phone for the occasional snap or life update and or plug or you, plug you plugged yeah. something recently, right? Yeah, I plugged the licorice pizza review. Okay, yeah. Um, and what was it? Oh, yes, I went to go like uh uh check my account settings, and it was like, do you want to create another account that's only for your close friends? It's like they they're actively what Snapchat? Mark, no, uh, Instagram. Oh, they're actively marketing finstas without just saying the word finsta that is i don't know i don't know i don't know how to feel about did that. you see the congressman who had or it was some politician who had asked mark zuckerberg what are you going to do to prevent the spread of i finstas? did see that yeah <laughs> i did see that fucking old heads dude
0: <laughs> i don't know if i've said this on the show i probably have but there there should be an age cap on, on oh we i think we've said that multiple times okay yeah i i i,
1: I I concur.
0: There's a lot of things that should happen in our government that don't and probably won't.
1: But. Like abolish it all.
0: Anarchy. <laughs> Fuck it, man. Let's go. Let's go. Um, which this movie feels like anti-government in a what way. A you know what a great segue. Yes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. No. It's very it, anti-establishment. It definitely
1: anti-establishment. Um,
0: which, like, I can jive with it on that part. Like, I mean, honestly, my my biggest complaint about the movie probably has to be. The, it just feels long and there were multiple times where i was checking you know yeah. like how much longer do i have um but i mean i for the most part i can get behind its themes i can get behind what it's trying to say i can get behind joaquin phoenix as this dirty hippie yeah and
1: i, I think he's probably the best part about it
0: yeah he he like, he fits like a glove honestly um everybody does and and yeah like i said the political nuances of the movie like i can get behind because i mean like fuck the feds. Straight up. Yep. And you know, fuck a cop. A cab. Fuck the bone leaves coming straight from the underground. All day play that song.
1: Just God. my humble opinion on. I agree. Um there's just too much abuse in the in the system. And I think one of my one of maybe the funniest moments, which was also so much of a mirror, was when Doc was walking into the police station for something yeah, and push him. Yeah. He gets just knocked over by a cop,
0: which like, you know, that also is just kind of like, it kind of speaks to how, how police like see the people that they are supposed to protect. Like they see them as just kind of like, like an inconvenience to protect in a way. Like, look at this dirty motherfucker coming here. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like they're not worthy of being protected or whatever. And it's and the movie during one of those there there he is he's made an appearance what's up Todd it's Todd would you like a word in on this no all
1: right he did watch the movie with me so he is informed
0: also anti-establishment
1: the other film guys is recorded in front of a live audience (laughs) yeah it's just shiv and Todd Um, but yeah, like I said,
0: the only thing I can complain about the movie is it's, it just feels long. You it know what I'm is. Saying? And when you have a three hour movie that feels better paced than this one. Yeah. You know.
1: No, I, I, I completely agree. Um, pacing's, pacing's a little off. It makes it hard to add, to actually follow what's happening.
0: It, you're right. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you're, what is like, and I'm, I'm not one to get caught up on plot. A lot of the times to me, the plot doesn't, the plot doesn't matter, you know? Um, that's not a good plot. Doesn't make a good movie. Right. You know what I mean? But it it does feel like the movie is trying to go in like a bunch of different directions and it tries to mingle them all together in a yeah. way that makes sense. But because there are so many different directions and angles and names and and situations, it like it it can get muddled and you can get kind of lost in what yes. exactly is going on.
1: It's 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 a problem not just for this movie but a lot of noir films in general, which one of the films that inspired like sort of like making this was uh the Humphrey Bogart The Great Sleep or the Big Sleep. Um which uh PTA was talking about in that same interview from New York Film Festival I was talking about. And how he's he had said for that movie he was like, you know, one that was one of the big inspirations for making the movie because you know, while I'm watching it, I'm not really following, but I'm always waiting for the next thing to happen. Right, yeah. Which is what this movie feels like, whether that's uh, as a positive or to a fault. Um, I was thinking
0: about while I was watching, and I was like, should I really be so, like, focused right now and trying to figure out...
1: I really think that at
0: the end, it doesn't matter what really happened. Yeah, right. I was thinking, like, and at the end, like, it just kind of, like... I don't know. Yeah, it just doesn't really matter. Like, what all I, I don't know. Does anything change, really? Other no. than, I mean, other than Owen Wilson's situation.
1: That's pretty much it. That's like the, and that was, you know, him, Doc, going out of his way to, you know, finally like make a change, like do something positive as well.
0: Which that's something that, that's another thing that I can appreciate as well. Like, for me, I feel like the biggest, the biggest, not emotion, but the biggest drive to a movie to me, uh, is empathy. Like, I think, yeah. I think, Phil, f- empathy is the vehicle for movies, or vice versa, however you should say that. But, um, but so seeing like that act of kindness play out, and, and Doc doesn't strike me as
1: like a bad guy anyway. No, he's maybe a questionable at sometimes, but, no, he's pretty like north on the, pretty on the moral compass. He seems pretty to me.
0: And so it's not like, you know, he's like this evil dude who all of a sudden decides to do something nice. But still, to see, to see that act of kindness play out, and he has an option to take a large sum of money, uh, Very in, exchange, large of money. in exchange for the drugs that were planted on him, by the way, by a cop. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, Bigfoot Bjornson. Yes. Um, and yeah, so he has the option to take a large sum of money in exchange for, that, for those drugs, but instead he gives the drugs back so Owen Wilson's character can be free. And be with his family again like that's a that's another you know uh aspect that the movie wins me over on
1: so ye sweet um oh one of the things i want to talk about (laughs) joaquin was so disinterested in press for this movie (laughs) he doesn't strike me as a big press guy no i'm always kind of torn on how i feel about joaquin i think it's really funny how like his speeches are always terrible and I don't know if I've ever heard him do a speech or like did, any public speaking did you watch the Oscars last year probably not honestly. he basically just came up and I gave forgot the announcement for Anthony Hopkins uh-huh he didn't win last year oh, it
0: was the year before he won he right? won for
1: Joker right and then because he won he presented the actor award this year okay he yeah, gave yeah, it yeah. to uh, Anthony Hopkins just gave it to Anthony Hopkins and left, left the stage <laughs> honestly that would be that would be and then um i think you know and i if i remember correctly like his speech for joker was pretty short as well um king shit sometimes and sometimes it's like i mean maybe you could say something but i i completely get because i i would probably do the same thing um i'm not a good public speaker at all it'd be it'd be the introvert in me weird weird format to go for a podcast (laughs) But see, this is a controlled environment in a way, you know it's what I'm saying? It's completely different. Yeah. This is just a conversation between two dudes.
0: Right. And like if if you're going to throw me like I'm like I'm not like great at parties or anything, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like I'm going to find one person to latch onto and I'm holding on to you for dear life <laughs> or I
1: just go on my phone on find a couch somewhere or a quiet room. And then after like half an hour be like, "Okay, can we go now?" <laughs> I think the one party I went to in college um <laughs> Excuse me. I had, it was in my, like, neighborhood of houses. Um, I think you went there once. Yeah, yeah, A couple times. Yeah. Um, it was a party at one time. Uh, got pretty lit. And hmm. then after about, like, 30 minutes, we just went back to my house and played Mario. <laughs> and,
0: you know, sometimes that's all you really need. I went to, the last college party I went to was probably 2015, when I was doing my brief stint at Texas A&M University. And I was, like, all hyped, like, you know, because, like, you hear it's, like, a college town or a party yeah. play, party city or whatever. And I'm, like, yeah, we're totally going to fucking do this. <laughs> and I've never been to a party
1: since. Yeah. But in the interview. Very overrated. <laughs> yeah. In the interview, it was funny, though, because one of the questions, they just wanted all of the uh, actors to, you know, go over their experience with the movie. And they, they go down one by one. And he gets to Joaquin, and he's just, like, no. <laughs> and then they just skip him. <laughs>
0: interesting i mean yeah i get i mean it all just depends yeah and we don't know joaquin
1: we don't and who are we to say i'm most of the time as a person i i i'm thinking um we don't need celebrities to be you know the forefront of everybody's life um they're interesting you know like to like read about and talk about sometimes but sure they don't need to be the center of everybody's attention.
0: Well, and a lot of that also depends on the people that are asking them the questions as well. Like I've been very, very, uh, how do I say, uh, very not into film journalists lately, just because yeah. a lot of them, I'm, a lot of them, I'm like, you get to talk to so and so, and this is the fucking shit you ask them.
1: About all the fucking Marvel shit. That's an example. Yeah, yeah
0: that's an example. Uh, you know, just a lot of times, like, they just be asking them questions just to get sound bites. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. to get them to say stuff that'll put them at the, at, the, at the forefront of discourse and shit. You know what I'm saying? And, of course, it's up to the, the celebrity to be like, oh, I know what you're doing, you know. But, I mean, they're
1: they're not, they're not the only players involved in that. You know, what I'm, you know what I'm saying? 100%. I just know for a fact, though, that when Marty starts doing press again for Killers of the Flower Moon, they're gonna ask, "Have you changed your opinion about Marvel?" I mean, you know, he's probably expecting it too. Yeah. <laughs> but I just i it it is on them at at a point too to just be like, "I'm not answering this fucking question. Do you have any questions that are relevant to me? Maybe." Right. Yeah. Right. But yeah. Um. Oh, this is probably.
0: Just just a throwaway comment, okay. I guess. This is and I don't know don't know too many movies that go into this genre, which, you know, kind of a shame. I probably shouldn't know more. But this is probably like peak stoner cinema. Okay. I'm gonna say. Probably one of the best stoner movies out there. Days to Confuse is another one that Beach comes bum. up. Who? Beach Bum. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's another one. Yeah. Dang, okay. Yeah. I gotta come up with a list of like Stoner Cinema <laughs> movies. But this would be right up there. Because literally every other scene, Joaquin Phoenix is smoking a joint, which, um, which make which leads to some really like great cuts.
1: Yeah. It, it does. Um, I remember reading somewhere. I think it was just probably just Wikipedia. Um, he did actually take some inspiration from some Cheech and Chong stuff. Love it Hell for this yeah.
0: movie. Oh yeah, you can definitely see that. Yeah, it definitely leads to some great, some great fade out cuts. Some great uh, like there's a moment where Joaquin starts smoking a joint and and it kind of what's that double exposure i guess or whatever where it's like two frames at the same time
1: yeah, double exposure yeah
0: yeah you can see um what what was her name i'm terrible katherine
1: waterston Catherine
0: waterston she's uh you know he's just kind of remembering her and she just kind of in the same frame as him just kind of the sun's hidden i love that shot yes yeah it's a fantastic looking shot um and there are a bunch of shots like that this is a very good looking movie you know what i'm saying like yes i i appreciate directors that can make smoke look really really nice. Like it's I think his, smoke can uh, be a great aesthetic.
1: It's the last movie that he's shot so far that actually had a DP on it. Oh, that's right. Cause he did himself, uh, for this, Phantom uh, for Phantom Thread and for Licorice Pizza. Um, it was, uh, Robert Elswit shot this.
0: Which, um, this might be a question that we'll revisit when we talk about Licorice Pizza, but we've talked about his first three movies and then his next three. Like how different, like, is there, Is there a difference between, you know, Paul Paul Thomas Anderson at the beginning of his career and then at the middle and then now, like, at this stage, you know what I'm saying? I mean,
1: yeah, in the same way that there's—and we'll we'll talk about it in uh, probably the Licorice Pizza episode once we start, like, doing the wrap-up, but I'll just sort of, like, go over it a little bit now. Um, like, how does this shift from his previous movie, which was, was it There Will Be Blood? It was The Master. The Master, okay. Um, yeah. Every movie is completely different from the last. Yeah. They carry a little bit over, of over, you know, of the same DNA, you know, like the, um, you know, dealing with masculinity uh, is a big theme in all of his movies. For sure. Um, whether it's upfront or subtextual. Uh, that's, you know, prevalent in every film. Um,
0: which I'm going to say it's also in this movie as well. Oh, probably yeah. a, a bit more subtextually, and I think I this think is,
1: yeah, this is one of the one one of the ones that you have to like read in a little bit for that. Um, some of the others, like you know, Boogie Nights and Magnolia, are very much uh, very upfront with it.
0: So maybe in that way, you could say that maybe I don't know. I don't want to say he's gotten more subtle subtle with his themes, but I mean maybe in a way because you know, obviously, like those first three movies, and I'm including uh Heartache as well. Yeah um yeah like jump right off the page you're like okay yeah uh, we're exploring you know what it means to be a man and taking care of your family and you know how you treat other people how you treat the women in your life type yeah. of thing um and in this movie i feel like you know it kind of comes to a comparison between doc and james brolin uh his character and just like how they're like kind of like on two they're like two different sides of the same coin in a way um something i'll have to think about more but it's just just a thought that came to my mind right now
1: yeah definitely we'll 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 explore that over the next couple of weeks as well Go into I, that.
0: but i do feel like i don't want to say he's gotten to say he's gotten more subtle would kind of i don't know to I me don't that i that kind of has a negative necessarily
1: connotation. is more subtle i think he's just more refined in yes his filmmaking. that's that yes that's that's what i was going to
0: say because to say that he's gotten more subtle <laughs> felt, kind of felt like it had a negative connotation to it which he's like one yeah. of the greatest filmmakers working today period absolutely i top three you know period, right there. So I just want to get that out the way. But uh, yes, a more refined filmmaker.
1: Yeah, definitely. definitely. All right. So I think we should get into final opinions. I give this movie, uh, this is one of the rare ones. I do give it four and a half stars out of five. Um, With its pacing and sort of not being able to follow entirely, it drags it a little bit, excuse me, drags it a little bit behind for me. but. You know, it's got really great performances, really great technical work, and it is a really entertaining movie to watch. It is, yeah. There's so much great backbone to it, um, so much filmmaking and love for cinema in general in this movie, and you got to give it points for that. Absolutely,
0: I'll give it, I'll give it a four
1: out of five okay. right now um we'll we'll just have to say if if anyone doesn't remember, I have a very strong bias towards p t a
0: so yes, I know he's definitely one would you put him on your mount Rushmore?
1: He's my favorite he's my number one any day of the week, okay,
0: yeah, um, yeah, I'll have to give it a four out of five um again, you know my biggest complaint was just the pacing and it but even then that just feels like a shallow complaint uh because the the movie does so many other things well and it touches on important topics and it explores them in meaningful ways and in very like intricate ways to where yes. it's like I can't even eh, I'm not going to call it convoluted but it just sometimes maybe it just feels like it's maybe too wide in its scope which he's uh, he's a very, you know I can a, definitely I can definitely feel that. Yeah. He's a director that does that handle scope very well. I mean, you know, obviously Magnolia, Boogie Nights, There Will Be Blood, you know, those are very large-scale
1: movies, large-scale themes that he's dealing with.
0: And I just feel like in this case, it may be just kind of teetered away
1: just a little bit. Yeah. I think this is definitely on the low side of my PTAs. It's not my my least favorite. I think that still goes to Heart 8. It's just a little bit, you know, still... I mean as his first film of course it's his most amateur work and it definitely shows I think especially if you give it a rewatch and you've seen his other you know works uh recently at least anyways um even even not so uh it stands out
0: Well yeah that's my final opinion on it who knows right. maybe I'll watch it again in the future and feel differently but as of right now I it five. did
1: used to be a 4 out of 5 and then I when I rewatched it it did go up half a star okay um just like I don't think maybe the first time I watched it, I got as much humor as I did from from rewatching it. Yeah,
0: you know, well, when I watched it again this time, I was definitely, it, like I said, we already talked about it. It's one of his funnier movies. I was, having, I was having fun watching it. Just, it was like, okay, where are we going with this now?
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I completely understand. All right, so it's that part of the show where we're going to go into our bad reviews. So this one I've already got lined up is from the Zen Walrus. Zen Walrus Great says- name yes uh paul thomas anderson hung me on a crucifix and threw slices of cheese at me for two and a half hours while largely unpleasant my prevailing reaction was confusion i feel that they gave it half a star and i i I would say maybe i feel the same way but as as a much more positive (laughs) right yeah yeah
0: i guess that depends on the person at that point
1: yeah maybe i'm a sadist or something i don't know let me see or is it masochist Masochist? You, you enjoy
0: pain yeah, that's masochism. Indeed. I'm pretty sure. Yes. All right, let me see. Mm-hmm. Okay, our, our, our boss, half star, uh, which this term that they're going to use gets used a lot with PTA. Uh, They say, thankfully, oh, yeah. I'm not a film bro, and hence not one shred <laughs> of me feels compelled to say anything nice about this. Which, like, I can't, I don't know, I can get that there are some people where they're like, I don't know, their automatic opinion is like, okay, yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson, banger, five stars, elite.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and that he's just, like, free of any criticism or or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Which is, no matter how much you ride or die for a filmmaker, is never the case. There's always something. I I mean, even Kubrick films, you know, even, yeah, even his yeah. best ones, there's problems.
0: I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of something with Scorsese.
1: I wasn't going to say Scorsese. I was going to say Nolan, Oh yeah, he's a big one.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah 100%. He's I,
1: I think him and Fincher are probably the though those are the two big film bro guys. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. Um
1: All right. Stanley says more like incoherent vice. <laughs> Here it is folks, the worst film I have ever watched and I don't feel like that's going to change anytime soon. Joaquin's scream also wins the award for worst acting I've ever seen, and don't get me started on the sideburns. What? Oh, those were great. Hell <laughs> that know. was the best part. Yeah, the, all the fits in this movie were on also point. that scream scene was the was, was probably hilarious. the funniest. I, wa- I laughed. <laughs> I had to pause from how hard I started laughing. <laughs> I I I
0: appreciated it. You're yeah, just no fun. I also feel the need to clarify that uh, Scorsese is the goat, and on my Mount Rushmore as number one.
1: So, oh yeah, well uh, I think we'll maybe try to do him eventually. It would just be impossible to narrow it down to three. You know what I'm saying? I think we have multiple Scorsese series on the board. It, ha- so it, it would have to be multiple. I mean, we have covered Scorsese. We did. We did Last Temptation of Christ. Yeah, Last Temptation.
2: Is that the only Scorsese we've done? Yes. Okay. All right. Let me see. Um, and there's plenty more to pick from. That's for sure. Let me see.
0: Uh, okay. Ayla, half star review, they say, 25 minutes in and I don't know what's happening and I don't fucking care. Also, I can't tell if everyone is mumbling or I just need my hearing checked. <laughs> There's absolutely no reason this needs to be almost two and a half hours long. So they kind of touch on like, the I same things that we mentioned. I get some of those points. Yeah.
1: Um, there is a much larger conversation to, have to be had about the understandability of movies dialogue.
0: I will never forget the tweet that said movies are both too loud and too quiet at the same time. Yeah. Because that is the fucking
1: truth. I I literally cannot watch anything without subtitles anymore. And I know that that's not just me. No. I know that I'm not just getting old. No. At, like, there's so <laughs> many people that have this problem. There was this really big article that came out a few weeks ago that went over it. And it is a growing and large problem in cinema that needs to be god damn addressed what in that
0: article was where did the guy or um, not the guy or the author the writer did they talk to uh like sound mixers or whatever okay okay. yeah i didn't read it but i glanced at it
1: it's a good article it's a good read okay and we'll do a positive review to even things out uh this one comes from matt every ticket to inherent vice should come with the choice of a joint or a second ticket to inherent vice you will need one or the other
0: here 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 For that, let me see. Okay, I like this one. A uh, four star review by Jordane Searles, a popular figure on film Twitter. She says, It's four stars. I don't know if I said that. She says, uh, I would appreciate like five more films like this. The way it moves, relaxing and engaging at the same time, sexy without even trying, thoughtful without being didactic. Love the narration. And of course, Phoenix is so amazing here. Yes. Which I could not have said that any better myself.
1: Very eloquently put, indeed, Jordane. All right, so I think we'll start talking about movies that we watched over the last week or so. Um, maybe we'll do a segment for our like uh, year wrap up where we go over some of the like the, lar- the like the better of the parts of the movies that we've seen over the year, but especially while we were gone in our absence. Yeah. Uh, but for right now, let's just go from anything from the fifth onward. From the fifth onward. What's today?
0: I've asked that like 10 times Today's the
1: 14th. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and start. I don't have that many. I've sort of slowed down on my movie watching. Um, I did a rewatch of La La Land. Uh, Just felt like watching the opening scene. And then that led to me watching the entire movie, as it always does. Rewatched The Matrix. Got to see that in IMAX. Mm. Fucking fantastic. Fantastic. Um, didn't have a great theater experience, but I'll talk to you about that. I saw you after. tweet about it. I deleted it because it felt weird to put out, but I'll talk to you about it. Okay. And then I watched Um Tokyo Story, my first Ozu film. Ooh, okay. Uh, in remembrance of his both birth and death, he died on the same day he was born on his 60th birthday. Um, really good movie. Um, I recommend delving into his filmography. I want to watch more. And then,
2: um, got to see Licorice Pizza. Nice.
0: Alrighty. So, for me, I'm just going to do, like, the last two weeks.
1: I won't talk too much about Licorice Pizza, because we have a whole episode. Heck yeah, heck yeah.
0: Okie dokie. Alright, so I watched Pig with Nicolas Cage. Yes. Elite movie. Definitely not what you think it's going to be. When you watch, especially like if you watch like the trailers, or that's another case it, where like very, the marketing is very interesting, very deceiving. Yeah, yeah, very deceiving. Not the movie you think it is. Um, it, to me, like it's all the better for it, though. Oh yeah. honestly, yeah, one hundred percent. It's one of the. It's a very like, it's a movie that where like food plays a big role in it, and uh, I feel like there's a there's a nice little essay in there somewhere about the power of food and its natural naturally healing qualities. That and um, Ratatouille. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I those are, I I think those both of those movies together would make great a great essay, a great video essay, whatever you know floats your boat. But uh, I, I watched that, so extra good movie. And then I watched The Power of the Dog on Netflix, uh, another great movie. That's another one that I think is video essay worthy, specifically on the hands of the characters and just watching them hold things, grab things, caress things, especially with the saddles, the way they just kind of like. Rub their hands over it, talking about Benedict and uh Cody. Um, very ah, like such a good performance, it's very like swoonful. You're like, Oh god, oh, or whenever uh Benedict pushes in the rose, the paper flower, oh yeah, son I melt <laughs> every time. I'm, I, I'm like, Ah, oh, should I be watching that right now? It's <laughs> like, very. Ooh. Yeah, honestly, it's getting yeah, hot and heavy up in here. It was very, and that's like at the beginning of the movie too.
1: Yeah, it is. It's, it's within like the first like ten, fifteen minutes at least.
0: It's it was very, very erotic, but not like you know explicitly erotic. You know what I'm saying? What
1: I will say about that movie is, I'm a sticker for this. It was not filmed in Montana. It was filmed very yeah, clearly uh, in all, New Zealand. All I could
0: think it was that <laughs> when I whenever I would. It read was very from clearly New
1: Zealand because you could when they're uh doing like the travel shots you can see those black rocks that you'll see in lord of the rings Mm -hmm. that is like only native to like as far as i can tell australia and new zealand montana does not have anything of the sorts (laughs) the ranch and like that sort of like hill range is the closest thing but there were it was too much hills and not mountains Mm. Mm, okay that was the big problem um didn't didn't take away from the movie for me no, cuz yeah. it doesn't necessarily matter. Yeah. But it's something that you you should have known that I would have looked out for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, good movie. And then I
0: watched King Richard. Uh typical biopic, nice little feel good movie, bloated, manipulative. Uh Will Smith is good. He can be kind of insufferable sometimes, but this is one of those performances. I feel like Will Smith tends to quote unquote play himself in a lot of his yeah a lot of his movies.
1: Doesn't feel like the case in this movie though. It definitely feels like he's, you know, putting on a performance of somebody else. I uh, haven't seen it, but what I will say I do like I was concerned about it like like why is this about, you know, him their dad. And but I found out that Venus and Serena produced the movie as well. Yeah. Yeah. And they wanted it to highlight their dad. Yeah. So I appreciate that, but I don't know if I'll see it anytime soon.
0: Yeah, which kind of made all of the discourse around it fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, bro, all you got to do, and their names pop up. I'm sure they're at, at the beginning credits, too, but definitely, like, if you it, just watch, it just like... It takes one web search. Just go to does. IMDb. Yeah, or if you just watch the first 20 seconds of the end credits, you see <laughs> that they're executive producers. I don't know, man. Media literacy in the trash. And then I watched House of Goofy. <laughs> It was goofy. Uh How really all I can say you? about that. Look, it's me. A family.
2: Paolo.
0: <laughs> oh my god. It I you should watch it just for just for this one cut involving him and a car. That's all I'm gonna say. You'll <laughs> you'll know it when you see it. Okay. Um I, I honestly can't wait to hate it. <laughs> yeah. It uh it, it yeah. All right. And then I watched the Mitchells versus the Machines, which was nice.
1: I thought that one good was really movie. good. Yeah, it I was liked really that. Good. I really loved the animation. It's um, a sleeper animated film. Yeah. And it, it, it got so much attention in, like, in its first week, but because of how Netflix markets their movies. It just got drowned. <clears throat> yeah. Just buried
0: right after that. Yeah. Um, but it was something that I had always wanted to watch. And I finally just had time the other day and I just watched it. It was really good. Uh, very funny. The giant Furby Action freaked packed. me out, man yeah freaking uh how much of that is uncut gems influence <laughs> you know I'm, that's all i could think of whenever i anytime uh, anytime you see a furby now yeah that, that, i feel like i've seen a furby in another movie as well post uncut gems but uh yeah that's all i could think of uh and then i watched power of the dog a second time rated it even higher and then that's i watched what I'm talking about indeed and then i watched the humans yeah. which, which was kind of disappointing like i was kind of looking forward to watching that and then it just kind of I you watched it.
1: You didn't go to the festival for nah, that, did you not? Nah. Okay.
0: I watched it on Showtime and uh uh it's just kind of tedious. Um I yeah, didn't really jive with the actors or the characters. Uh,
1: I thought the actors were pretty good. I was you know surprised by um what's her name? Amy Schumer?
0: Yes, yeah. yeah. I was
1: kind of surprised that I didn't hate her. Um uh, but the movie is just too concerned, I, f- I felt, with being overly realistic rather than just functioning as a movie. Mm-hmm. That's how it felt to me anyways.
0: I typically... I What's it called? Uh, play adaptation... Plays that are adapted into movies are, like typically interest me because, you know, plays are very, like, you know, they're set in, like, one setting and you're, you're very scarce on, like, you know, what's around you and you're making stuff up just based on your performance. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So... The, I'm always interested in seeing like, what actors do with that and how they handle that, that limited space and what comes about. But whatever the humans was, was trying to do, it just didn't land for me. I know I, I feel like it's been one of those like, hit or miss movies where like, you either really like it or you don't really jive with it at all. And I kind of find, I find myself in the latter. I've had quite a few of those this year. And then I watched The Matrix Reloaded because I've already seen The Matrix uh, a while ago and i'd seen the i'd seen reloaded and revolutions before but i'm trying to watch them before watching resurrections yes um so i watched reloaded really good uh I, the biggest knock on that from what i understand is the cgi from the movie and how it's just supposed to be kind of cringe which like i mean you can obviously tell when it's cgi in the movie but i'm never like oh my fucking god this totally
1: I don't believe any of this now, or
0: you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't <laughs> it's, know. Like, yeah, it,
1: it's, it's ridiculous to harp over stuff like that because I mean, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Also, for one thing, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Second, it, it's not that bad. It's not. It wasn't that bad. And I feel like we're just spoiled these days, honestly. And I feel like, you know, the
0: Wachowski sisters, they did it to where, like, it, I mean, sure, like, you can tell it was CGI, but who fucking cares? You know what who I'm saying? Cares? It's a movie. <laughs> it's, um, you really think motherfuckers are out here like holding themselves up parallel <laughs> on a pole running around
1: on fucking now if this was Matrix starring Tom Cruise maybe maybe
0: but there are not too many Tom Cruises out there
1: he probably would have you know like created he would have tried he would have created the Sentinels yes. to make the to make that movie <laughs> as realistic as possible
0: yes um so you know to the people that harp on that shut up Shut the fuck up. And it has right. an amazing highway sequence. Amazing, absolutely killer action yeah. highway
1: sequence. I know that scene. It's, it's fucking incredible. Killer.
0: I'm like, wow. Like, that. yeah. That, and you can, somebody, a film critic I, I followed on Twitter, I follow on Twitter, says uh, that, uh, you know, that a lot of movies, contemporary movies, have
1: been trying to recreate that highway sequence and like just a lot of stuff from the matrix honestly
0: yeah yeah honestly and you know not just the matrix but the matrix reloaded i have to watch revolutions but um but they're good movies watch them and then i watched this this is the last one and then i watched this documentary called a cop movie uh mexican documentary uh explores corruption in the mexican police force um it was very good uh, it was about these two police officers. Uh, this man and this woman. They had met on the job, and they uh, they became a couple. They got into a relationship, and uh, just about you know the how how people view them as police, how they view other police, and how they handle corruption within their own force. What what it means to be police to them, and it was just very interesting. Um, it was you know it was also kind of sad to watch just how sometimes corruption just feels like this like this gargantuan thing where it's like well how how are we supposed to like thrive in this make a living in this and then like you learn that you, that you know they they make i i think in the movie they said that they made like not even like a $1000 a month or something like that jesus like they make pennies over there dude and it's like and being a cop, that's why a lot of people over there become cops so they can get some kind of income. You know what I'm saying? But in doing that, you know, they're being conjoined with this, this corrupt establishment. And it's like, well, do you get away from that and, you know, risk your only, your only, you know, solid source of income? You know what I'm saying? And it just, it, it, it raises questions. And I think, I think it was a good watch. It was pretty inventive in it's storytelling because it, um, It has uh, actors portraying the the two cops for like most of the movie and you don't see like the two cops until the end and they're just kind of talking about their experiences and it, it was interesting. It's on Netflix. Okay. So check it out. A
1: cop movie. All right. That's it. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode then. Thank you guys so much for coming back with us and for waiting patiently in this last four months Um, We appreciate everyone who, you know, visited the website, read our reviews, interacted with us on social media.
0: Much appreciated.
1: Um, We love you and we miss you and we're glad to be back. Facts. Next week, we will return with Phantom Thread. Um, And I'm not sure if it's streaming. Let me check real quick.
0: I think the last time I watched it might have been on HBO,
1: which was a couple years ago. It is not streaming, mm. but it is 100% worth it. It is spoiler, alert, it's my favorite PTA. So we will get into that and much, much more. Thank you for coming back, listening to the show. Peace be with you. Wait, Thanks, wait, y'all. wait, wait, wait. Totally forgot about how to end these Yes, two. yeah, the plug. Yes. <laughs> if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can reach us on social media at Other Film Guys. For myself, I am at Living Mediocre.
0: And I'm at Man 3 Just replace that O with a zero.
1: All right. There we go. Did it right. Thank you, guys. Go out. Be safe. Y'all be well. Get your boosters. Indeed.